Part two of Chapter eleven of Pilot's Handbook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April Walters. Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge by the FAA. Chapter eleven, Part two. Wind and Currents. Air flows from areas of high pressure into areas of low pressure because air always seeks out lower pressure. Air pressure, temperature changes, and the Coriolis force work in combination to create two kinds of motion in the atmosphere, vertical movement of ascending and descending currents and horizontal movement in the form of wind. Currents and wind are important as they affect takeoff, landing, and cruise flight operations. Most importantly, currents and winds, or atmospheric circulation, cause weather changes. Wind Patterns In the northern hemisphere, the flow of air from areas of high to low pressure is deflected to the right and produces a clockwise circulation around an area of high pressure. This is known as anticyclonic circulation. The opposite is true of low-pressure areas. The air flows toward a low and is deflected to create a counterclockwise or cyclonic circulation. See figure 11-10. High-pressure systems are generally areas of dry, stable, descending air. Good weather is typically associated with high-pressure systems for this reason. Conversely, air flows into a low-pressure area to replace rising air. This air tends to be unstable and usually brings increasing cloudiness and precipitation. Thus, bad weather is commonly associated with areas of low pressure. A good understanding of high and low pressure wind patterns can be of great help when planning a flight because a pilot can take advantage of beneficial tailwinds. See figure 11-11. -11. When planning a flight from west to east, Favorable winds would be encountered along the northern side of a high-pressure system or the southern side of a low-pressure system. On the return flight, the most favorable winds would be along the southern side of the same high-pressure system or the northern side of a low-pressure system. An added advantage is a better understanding of what type of weather to expect in a given area along a route of flight based on the prevailing areas of highs and lows. While the theory of circulation and wind patterns is accurate for large-scale atmospheric circulation, it does not take into account changes to the circulation on a local scale. Local conditions, geological features, and other anomalies can change the wind direction and speed close to Earth's surface. Convective currents. Different surfaces radiate heat in varying amounts. Plowed ground, rocks, sand, and barren land give off large amounts of heat. Water, trees, and other areas of vegetation tend to absorb and retain heat. The resulting uneven heating of the air creates small areas of local circulation called convective currents. Convective currents cause the bumpy, turbulent air sometimes experienced when flying at lower altitudes during warmer weather. On a low-altitude flight over varying surfaces, updrafts are likely to occur over pavement or barren places, and downdrafts often occur over water or expansive areas of vegetation like a group of trees. Typically, these turbulent conditions can be avoided by flying at higher altitudes, even above cumulus cloud layers. See figure 11-12. 
convective currents are particularly noticeable in areas with a land mass directly adjacent to a large body of water such as an ocean large lake or other appreciable area of water during the day land heats faster than water so the air over the land becomes warmer and less dense it rises and is replaced by cooler denser air flowing in from over the water this causes an onshore wind called a sea breeze conversely at night land cools faster than water as does the corresponding air in this case the warmer air over the water rises and is replaced by the cooler denser air from the land creating an offshore wind called a land breeze this reverses the local wind circulation pattern convective currents can occur anywhere there is an uneven heating of the earth's surface see figure 11-13 convective currents close to the ground can affect a pilot's ability to control the aircraft for example on final approach the rising air from terrain devoid of vegetation sometimes produces a ballooning effect that can cause a pilot to overshoot the intended landing spot on the other hand an approach over a large body of water or an area of thick vegetation tends to create a sinking effect that can cause an unwary pilot to land short of the intended landing spot see figure 11-14 effect of obstructions on wind another atmospheric hazard exists that can create problems for pilots obstructions on the ground can affect the flow of wind and can be an unseen danger ground topography and large buildings can break up the flow of the wind and create wind gusts that change rapidly in direction and speed these obstructions range from man-made structures like hangars to large natural obstructions such as mountains bluffs or canyons it is especially important to be vigilant when flying in or out of airports that have large buildings or natural obstructions located near the runway see figure 11-15 the intensity of the turbulence associated with ground obstructions depends on the size of the obstacle and the primary velocity of the wind this can affect the takeoff and landing performance of any aircraft and can present a very serious hazard during the landing phase of flight an aircraft may drop in due to the turbulent air and be too low to clear obstacles during the approach this same condition is even more noticeable when flying in mountainous regions see figure 11-16 while the wind flows smoothly up the windward side of the mountain and the upward currents help carry an aircraft over the peak of the mountain the wind on the leeward side does not act in a similar manner as the air flows down the leeward side of the mountain the air follows the contour of the terrain and is increasingly turbulent this tends to push an aircraft into the side of the mountain the stronger the wind the greater the downward pressure and turbulence become due to the effect terrain has on the wind in valleys or canyons downdrafts can be severe before conducting a flight in or near mountainous terrain it is helpful for a pilot unfamiliar with a mountainous area to get a checkout with a mountain qualified flight instructor low level wind shear wind shear is a sudden drastic change in wind speed and or direction over a very small area wind shear can subject an aircraft to violent updrafts and downdrafts as well as abrupt changes to the horizontal movement of the aircraft while wind shear can occur at any altitude low level wind shear is especially hazardous due to the proximity of an aircraft to the ground directional wind changes of 180 degrees and speed changes of 50 knots or more 
are associated with low-level wind shear. Low-level wind shear is commonly associated with passing frontal systems, thunderstorms, and temperature inversions with strong upper-level winds greater than 25 knots. Wind shear is dangerous to an aircraft for several reasons. The rapid changes in wind direction and velocity change the wind's relation to the aircraft disrupting the normal flight attitude and performance of the aircraft. During a wind shear situation, the effects can be subtle or very dramatic, depending on wind speed and direction of change. For example, a tailwind that quickly changes to a headwind causes an increase in airspeed and performance. Conversely, when a headwind changes to a tailwind, the airspeed rapidly decreases and there is a corresponding decrease in performance. In either case, a pilot must be prepared to react immediately to the changes to maintain control of the aircraft. In general, the most severe type of low-level wind shear is associated with convective precipitation or rain from thunderstorms. One critical type of shear associated with convective precipitation is known as a microburst. A typical microburst occurs in a space of less than one mile horizontally and within 1,000 feet vertically. The lifespan of a microburst is about 15 minutes, during which it can produce downdrafts of up to 6,000 feet per minute, or FPM. It can also produce a hazardous wind direction change of 45 degrees or more in a matter of seconds. When encountered close to the ground, these excessive downdrafts and rapid changes in wind direction can produce a situation in which it is difficult to control the aircraft. See figure 11-17. During an inadvertent takeoff into a microburst, the plane first experiences a performance-increasing headwind, followed by a performance-decreasing downdrafts. Then, the wind rapidly shears to a tailwind and can result in terrain impact or flight dangerously close to the ground. Microbursts are often difficult to detect because they occur in relatively confined areas. In an effort to warn pilots of low-level wind shear, alert systems have been installed at several airports around the country. A series of anemometers placed around the airport form a net to detect changes in wind speeds. When wind speeds differ by more than 15 knots, a warning for wind shear is given to pilots. This system is known as the Low-Level Wind Shear Alert System, LLWAS. It is important to remember that wind shear can affect any flight and any pilot at any altitude. While wind shear may be reported, it often remains undetected and is a silent danger to aviation. Always be alert to the possibility of wind shear, especially when flying in and around thunderstorms and frontal systems. Wind and pressure representation on surface weather maps. Surface weather maps provide information about fronts, areas of high and low pressure, and surface winds and pressures for each station. This type of weather map allows pilots to see the locations of fronts and pressure systems, but more importantly, it depicts the wind and pressure at the surface for each location. For more information on surface analysis and weather depiction charts, see Chapter 12, Weather Aviation Services. Wind conditions are reported by an arrow attached to the station location circle. See Figure 11-18. The station circle represents the head of the arrow, with the arrow pointing in the direction from which the wind is blowing. Winds are described by the direction from which they blow. Thus, a northwest wind means that the wind is blowing from the northwest toward the southeast.
the speed of the wind is depicted by barbs or pennants placed on the wind line each barb represents a speed of ten knots while a half barb is equal to five knots and a pennant is equal to fifty knots the pressure for each station is recorded on the weather chart and is shown in millibars isobars are lines drawn on the chart to depict areas of equal pressure these lines result in a pattern that reveals the pressure gradient or change in pressure over distance see figure 11-19 isobars are similar to contour lines on a topographic map that indicate terrain altitudes and slope steepness for example isobars that are closely spaced indicate a steep wind gradient and strong winds prevail shallow gradients on the other hand are represented by isobars that are spaced far apart and are indicative of light winds isobars help identify low and high pressure systems as well as the locations of ridges troughs and cutoff lows cols a high is an area of high pressure surrounded by lower pressure a low is an area of low pressure surrounded by higher pressure a ridge is an elongated area of high pressure and a trough is an elongated area of low pressure a call is the intersection between a ridge and a trough or an area of neutrality between two highs and two lows isobars furnish valuable information about winds in the first few thousand feet above the surface close to the ground wind direction is modified by the surface and wind speed decreases due to friction with the surface at levels two thousand to three thousand feet above the surface however the speed is greater and the direction becomes more parallel to the isobars therefore the surface winds are shown on the weather map as well as the winds at a slightly higher altitude generally the wind two thousand feet above ground level agl is twenty degrees to forty degrees to the right of the surface winds and the wind speed is greater the change of wind direction is greatest over rough terrain and least over flat surfaces such as open water in the absence of winds aloft information this rule of thumb allows for a rough estimate of the wind conditions a few thousand feet above the surface end of part two of chapter eleven recording by april walters